Hello and welcome to the Waking Youth Podcast, a show dedicated to reminding us to not sleepwalk through our waking state. In this episode, originally recorded in March of 2021, I had the pleasure to sit and have a conversation with Mahel Pali. With a diverse background in communications, graphic design and wellness, Mahel has been traveling around the world providing Pilates retreats in beautiful places such as Bali, Greece and Portugal. More recently, Mahel is based in Portugal, where she's developing COM, which stands for the Center for the Art of Life in Movement. Together, we explore Mahel's story as well as her most recent project. Let's dive in. Welcome, Mahel, to the Waking Youth Podcast. <laughs> it is very exciting to have you here with us. So thank you for accepting the invitation, first of all. Thank you for having me. Um, I like to start my interviews by grounding things in a little bit of personal history before we talk about all the beautiful things you do. Uh, so the, quest the first question I have for you is, were health and well-being and sustainability always a priority in your life and work from the, the beginning? Wherever <laughs> the beginning is for you. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, I'm always amazed and surprised by, um, I would say, the, the millennials um, that I meet now, how health conscious they are at that age. And um, I remember when I was doing my yoga teacher training a few years back, um, together with a friend, we were the only two students over 40. And there were all these 20 year olds that knew everything about health and yoga and wellness. And we were like, man, when I was 20, we were going out, getting drunk and eating bad foods. So, <laughs> no, it was not. However, indirectly, I think it was. And I think okay. this is something that I discovered later along the way, but it wasn't on the forefront. There was no conscious effort to try to be healthy or be good to my own body or to myself. But why did you now say that perhaps it was there somewhere? Uh... I think it was there on a more underlying um, line. Like I remember, so growing up in Germany, when I was a teenager, 14, 15, that's when recycling started to be a thing in Germany. So of course, through that, there was a bit of that wave of, ooh, I'm gonna be more, less about health, more about um, nature and ecology. And, um, you know, I would get the Greenpeace magazine and break my head over, um, is it better to uh, buy the packaging in uh, the paper tetra pack that ends up on the landfill or um, the glass bottle? And, you know, I would have these, these thoughts, but it was never it never turned into a passion and it never turned into something that I was really willing to uh, implement uh, myself unless it was an easy way to, to just be confronted with, with situations where it's, it's easy and obvious. So we grew up a bit with that in Germany. Um, but yeah, and health-wise, uh, for sure, there was no there was no talk about being healthy or, or having a good nutritious life. Um, I feel like this all came later, at least in my life. Um, I was always healthy naturally by being outdoorsy and doing lots of sports and doing dance. And But it was not because of a conscious effort. It was just life. Mm -hmm. And so where do you think, can you pinpoint a specific moment or uh, specific practices, activities that kind of helped you um, integrate that into your life? Yeah, for sure. It, it, so I, um, I, I studied graphic design and I was going to be and I was always a graphic designer. So also my interest was very much in the arts and in traveling and not on the body or health or nutrition 
but I always liked Pilates. I discovered Pilates in 2005 and started doing it passionately and then eventually became decided to become a Pilates teacher. Um, and that was the moment I would say like, almost like little did I know. <laughs> yeah. I had not um, intended to start to embark on a second career. I had not intended to completely learn something that I knew nothing about. I knew nothing about the human body about I was a graphic designer working with people as clients giving presentations but not working with people as in understanding not only their muscular system but also the emotional and mental system that is so connected so I think that's when I started to work with people in Pilates um, I had this switch of oh, this is actually a much better job because I'm not producing anything. So there again was that mm -hmm. maybe that environmental consciousness of as a graphic designer, you produce lots of flyers and things that all in fancy packaging that all ends up in the bin. And yes, you can try to do an ecological packaging, but it was never a huge priority um, back in the days in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. um, so with Pilates, I felt, wow, you you don't need anything. You use a mat, um, you work an hour with a person one on one with their own bodies. Um, I was doing a lot of mat Pilates, too. So it was all body weight um, based. And after an hour, the person is happy. The, the gratification is instant. I get paid instantly. And this is a fantastic job. You don't produce anything you just produce good feelings and health and i think with that with the actual doing it and working in it um that part of me uh, awakened in a way and then it became a journey of uh yeah becoming more and more part of my life more <laughs> and more part of my um uh, of my interests and eventually, I guess, turn into into a mission, um, which it is now. And it's quite funny how these things come around. Mm -hmm. um, I want to ask you a question and I also want to cover the explore your traveling, uh, because also you're saying that one of the benefits of, of Pilates is that you, you don't you don't have to produce anything, just well-being. And, and that's helpful if you're traveling a lot and moving from one from place to, to the other. Um, but I also want to, and this is kind of uh, something that I'm feeling in this moment where um, perhaps now it's, it's converging, but I do feel a distinction between what I do professionally and what I do for my well-being. Um, and so was, did you... Did you immediately, you know, when you felt that connection turn to Pilates or you were trying to actually, you know, stick to graphic design and what you were doing more conventionally? Was that an easy decision to make perhaps that transition or to, you know, make the decision of have both in your life? Um, it was a bit of both. It was not, um, like I said, I hadn't been looking for a different career, so I hadn't expected at all to, to give up one profession to another. So, of course, it was in a way and transition. Um, but then it almost it happened almost automatically because what had happened was that I had worked as an art director in a small graphic design firm in, in Hong Kong and I had started, we started uh, with three people and then we were 10 people so we were growing um, and then I became pregnant with my with my first son and that kind of gave me uh, a break for reflection and also after he was born I was like oh I think I don't think I want to be a full-time employee anymore that was nice to do that for four years this was literally the only four years in my life that I was had a regular full-time employed job I was always before and after freelancer so having a baby was a good excuse to reflect and to be like oh actually freelance life was nice so I decided to already to not go back to a full-time job, but to become a freelancer. Okay. So I was already a freelance graphic designer mm -hmm. when I then became a Pilates teacher. Mm -hmm. And 
the way the training was laid out, um, it's not like, well, it certainly wasn't a weekend certification or a week long intensive certification like you find now. It's actually a year training process. And part of that year was that you start teaching as an apprentice in the studio or as many bodies as you can get your hand on. So it wasn't like I, I, I learn and I have my certification and now I go out and call myself a Pilates teacher. And now it was so gradual already. By the time I had my certification a year later, I was already having clients. I was already a teacher and I had mixed that in with being a freelance graphic designer. So I was doing both. Um, and then for a few years, it always switched, whatever. Sometimes I had more Pilates clients. Sometimes I had more design jobs and then I would do less Pilates. I had that freedom of kind of balancing it out. Mm -hmm. And I also realized at that point that I, I always liked to have two jobs, two very different jobs. Mm -hmm. um, back when I studied uh, in New York, my, my second job or my student job was always to be a waitress. And I loved that because it was so no brainy. You just had to run around and at the end of your shift, you're done and you can go home. Um, <clears throat> and that was Pilates for me. I could just work with a person immediately or once a week and not have to really think about it further while graphic design it's a project big or small it's your clients it takes longer mm -hmm. so i like that switching between the two um and then just slowly slowly i think as i came with that realization of how i'm I, how much i love working with people and 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 teaching pilates and as i gained confidence um I got also more picky with my design jobs that I took on and I had that, I have to say I was lucky in a position that um, I didn't have to do either job in order to, 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 to make a living. Mm -hmm. um, just because I don't even know, that's like always the mystery of my life is how did we manage to not need so much money. Mm -hmm. um, my husband and I, we. Uh, we're both freelancers. He's a photographer. And I guess we always managed to kind of live with what we had and we're never big spenders. So um, there was never that pressure of having to work or taking on jobs that you're not really enjoying. Um, Can I, so I let me interrupt you there and yeah. say that I always get mesmerized at your um... I have the word in Portuguese. The word in Portuguese is desapego, but it's just your ability to surrender to life and trust that everything will be okay. You make you made it you make it sound so effortless. And I wonder <laughs> if, you know, that attitude towards life, uh, if it, you know, if it you think that comes from you, uh, from your choices in life, also from traveling, why do you think that is? I think 80% it's me. That's just mm -hmm. how I am. I'm okay. not a warrior. I'm an optimist mm -hmm. and I don't tend to overthink things. And I, then I also grew up in a social environment through my parents, my family, where I wasn't uh, imbibed with this kind of fears or you have to, or you should. And even though we lived in the norm, I was never, I was never taught that this is what you have to do. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess that kind of bypassed me. And then the other thing was that we started so early to have this life. Um, I, I, I met Mathieu traveling in Indonesia when I was 20. Um, so at that point, you don't even, you know, I, I hadn't even started to study yet. Mm -hmm. um, so university, all that. And, and I don't know, maybe I can ask you that question because that's what I feel a lot. Um, I see nowadays is that, yeah, the, the, the 20 year olds, the 20 something year olds, the, 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 the kids like you that are in, in university, I often feel, wow, you're already so grown up. You already carry so much worries and so much thoughts about the future and, and, and how you're going to be and what you're going to do. And um, there I feel I, I, I do feel funnily like I'm almost coming from a different generation already. And I'm just, you know, I'm just 46. I'm not that old, but um, we, we get a lot of work awares um, yes. at, 
at our home and they all tell the same story oh when i was studying there was so much stress there was so much pressure i don't remember my studies as being stressful and and full of pressure mm -hmm. we can actually discuss this i think this is a, a very interesting conversation in conversation with my parents and friends of my parents um or parents of my my friends parents we do cover this I'm actually, you know, writing about this. I'm writing about a thesis on personal branding. And a lot of, of what it touches on is this idea of, of and this concept of freelancers, right? And, mm -hmm. and basically the scenario, this project-based scenario, a little bit like in, in reality what you did, right? But just more and more people doing this. I think that, you know, from the research that I'm doing and from my personal experience, I just feel like, there's so much more people in, in the world and those people are so much more educated than they were that it just feels like we really have to level up our game in order, in order to stay relevant within the market, right? And I think that added to that, social media and you knowing what other people are doing just adds extra pressure, right? And so, you know, in one way, it's incredible. And I, and I have a, a little brother that it's uh, uh, younger than me and, and he's even more... Um, more connected and he's more uh, literate in, in social media, right? And I see the incredible benefits of, of having these social media in terms of identity, right? Because, for example, growing up in the same bubble as I did until I was 20 and went to study in uni abroad, my brother has access to different bubbles all over the world just because of social media. So in that way, he is able to form a I don't know, perhaps more authentic personality without even needing to travel, right? At 16 years old. But at the same yeah. time, you know, just knowing what all these people are doing, right? And the added pressure, it just feels like there's too much, too much cacophony. Um, so I, I ask you, I know you have kids as well. What do you think is happening? <laughs> yeah, no, and, and I agree with, with a lot of these. My, my oldest son now, he's 14. And I was finally just saying the same thing. He has uh, created this... Uh, um, Discord um, Discord server for uh, Minecraft, okay. um, but he has managed to connect on this server um, two of his old school friends from Turkey when we lived in Turkey, mm -hmm. where he went to school. Um, two of his one Portuguese friend that lives two hours away that goes to the same online school, another kid from the same online school that lives in the Philippines and um and two of his old classmates from the first school he went to in portugal so what i think is really cool is that he managed to just like your brother um mm -hmm. that social connection across continents and 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 getting to you know playing minecraft together yes. but also i know now he you know his ex-girlfriend jenny now knows his <laughs> best friend Matteo in Portugal and that I think is amazing and I think that is the power of the social media or the internet mm -hmm. that um, our kids need to learn to harness correctly mm -hmm. there's a lot of good in it if yeah. you use it right and I think if you get caught up in the overwhelm and the uh, the, the, the social image and all this uh, trying to be somebody you're not or you don't even have a chance to figure out who you are because mm -hmm. there is so much influx and stimulation and, and knowledge um, imposed on you um, there I see the danger in it so uh, as a parent I feel the best I can do is is, is is be aware of it as much as I can and observe and communicate because that's where, at least in the home, we can communicate person to person. So if I see something that worries me, I need to ask him and I need to find out, is it worrying him too? Or is it just me being old mom that says, oh, but you've been spending so many hours on the computer now. Mm -hmm. I. I think it is their future and I almost feel uh, I want to hope that that generation of, of your brother and my son are better equipped mm -hmm. because to deal with the advance of the technology because they grew into it and 
and now we already know some of the dangers and we yeah. understand and we start to talk about it and we start uh, it's become a topic so i feel um if if we're aware if we're awake mm -hmm. if you want to call it that um any situation any if and we'll find ourselves in futuristic situations that we cannot even imagine from now on all the time mm. i think there's always a way to get the best out of it mm -hmm. to take that and to not be overwhelmed by the oh my god this is gonna and the world is going down and the creativity is zero and i think there's always ways to turn it around and in in, in permaculture, there's a thing that you say, there is no such thing as a weed. There is no such thing as a rodent that is an enemy. You just have to turn it around so it works for you. Mm -hmm. um, and any weed has a purpose because it repels certain bugs or it releases certain uh, you know, um, minerals into the earth. And once you have that knowledge and understanding, then you can turn it around. And I think we can do the same with everything that happens on uh, on the internet and on social media mm -hmm. um, but yeah. we cannot just let it happen to us mm -hmm. we need to be switched on yeah and to that point i think perhaps what um what concerns me the most i'm aware of that personal dimension and that personal management that of course older generations can always try to educate and, and give their hand to younger generations. Um, what I'm most concerned about is that um, the, some of these technologies and more particularly, particularly these apps are based with the ultimate purpose of grabbing your attention. And I don't know if you had a chance to watch The Social Dilemma on, on mm. Netflix. And, and that was the bit that, you know, and I was reflecting on my Instagram consumption Facebook, these apps that they really try to to grab your attention and, and, and the fact that all of these relations and, and, and interactions and movements are about the market and economy, you know, that scares me a little bit. But at the same time is what you said. I do think that there's ways we can go about it. I see in m me personally, as I, you know, as I connect more with my body, whether it is going for a walk, dancing, um, cooking, you know, going in nature, and, and reconnecting to, you know, that more, it's not primitive, but it's more essential, right? You, you remember what matters. And so when you're on the social media, you're more aware of also, you know, the time you spent there, your intentions and so on. So hopefully we, you know, and there's always a good side, that dark side. It's about how, how we manage that, right? Yeah, I think ultimately what we all have to try to strive for no matter what 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 age or what generation is that old idea of of know thyself we have to know who we are in with ourselves without this you know without any distraction without in any influence um and and maybe for that um, meditation is such a great thing it doesn't work for everybody but whether it's a meditation or whether it's uh, going for a walk, like you said, or going dancing. Um, if you can try to find something where you are just with your true self mm -hmm. and make that a conscious uh, awareness effort of, of saying, okay, wow, this is, this is who I really am. Here I feel really good. And these moments where you uh, consciously try to let's call it connect with your soul or connect with your own inner self. Um, that is something that I think we can all learn. I think this is something that we can also be taught through mentors, through online meditations. It, it, you know, find your own way that works for you. There is no one guru for all. Um, but the quest should be, who am I? Mm -hmm. Who am I in this? And when you figure out not who do I want to be or not even what is my life's purpose before you even go to the life's purpose, who is that person that is me and what are my values and what do I truly believe in and what do I really truly believe matters? Is it really truly important for me that people see me in that image on social media or can I strip that off and actually say yeah you're right that's just outside form 
And with this, I, I don't think there's an age restriction. I think I can, my nine-year-old mm. can do this already um, <laughs> because, and, and you can do that with your friend and you can do that to your parent and your parent can do that to you. We can motivate each other and talk about that quest of who we are without it becoming a, a weird, uh, you know, hippie esoteric subject of yes. no let's make that just a normal thing in all this crazy world who am i and i think when you know who you are then then you have the armor to deflect all this you're not protected 100 percent, but then you might say okay today i step in today i step into facebook and i don't have the strength and the energy to fight it off and I'm aware that I'm just following the trail of the videos that I'm supposed to watch. And my nine-year-old, I tell him, you know, it's okay that you watch Britain's Got Talent for, you know, while you should be doing your, your schoolwork. But do know why, how did you end up watching this? Why are you watching this? Are you interested in it? Or did you just somehow end up there? Um, yeah, again, it's all about communication, but communication with yourself as well. Take the time to find out. And for that, of course, it's always great to be able to travel to a remote mountain in Pakistan and sit there and think about that. I'm going to also use this opportunity to to test my research questions, actually, for my thesis, <laughs> because you're touching on, on some, some similar points. Uh, so you... Do you, how do you, how is, how is this, you, you know, coming from a different generation than mine, you know, where technology was not so ingrained in our, in your every, everyday life, how do you feel when you have to, you know, craft your personal brand online, right? Uh, talk, uh, uh, talk about what you do, right? And mm -hmm. this is on Instagram, on LinkedIn. Do you, are you so confident in that armor? Uh, that you know who you are and you don't let these you know external influences um, change a little bit or adapt your message or do you actually you know how is that how do you navigate that I think on a personal level I'm also of course coming from communication and mm -hmm. and, and graphic design and having been involved in, in in websites and seeing the beginning of social media um, I feel that I'm very aware of the image that I'm deciding to create mm -hmm. about myself. And so there is a little bit, of course, my LinkedIn profile comes across a little bit different than my personal Instagram account because I know or I assume I know the target audience. For, so for me, I use social media mostly for professional reasons on one hand, to connect to people, to connect professionally through the Pilates retreat, to get people interested. And the second thing is to keep our family and friends all over the world mm -hmm. kind of in the loop of where we are and how the kids are growing up. Um, I, I I don't have much phobia in terms of sharing my data or sharing images of my children. I'm very easygoing with that. I just, the, the personal accounts, I, I am as I am. I do get accused by my mother-in-law sometimes that it looks like we're just living for the Instagram and we're trying to paint this picture-perfect mm -hmm. life. Um, it's snapshots. And it's snap, of course I picked the good snapshots um, because I want to be enthusiastic. I want to talk about the great things that happened to me. I don't have that tendency to talk about the terrible things that happened. I'm not going to share on social media when I had a fight with my husband. Um, and then mix that with us actually doing a lot of stuff and being very active. Yes, there is a lot of content. Um, the professional accounts, I have a love-hate relationship okay. with them. Sometimes I feel like I have to 
put out a bit more of an image about the the retreats and you see you feel the, the competition and and there's that struggle where i'm still trying to find my uh, my voice where i still am me mm-hmm. um but i also stand up with the rest uh, of the you know uh, seemingly more professional looking accounts than i do i you know i i do know what's behind that image there's a person just like me um so then that gains me gives me confidence again when i struggle but i'm not i'm not uh, you know immune to it but i feel the more we do it the more i grow especially now with this bigger project that i'm growing into um i'm starting already at a little bit more confident point okay and and i can decide okay i'm doing this now i'm starting this new um uh, business or this new instagram account or and 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 i can more consciously be like okay what did i learn from the one before what did i learn from my struggles with my uh personal with my uh pilates retreat account how can i do this different i do think about it and i but mostly i try to not let it get to me mm-hmm. as in oh my god i have to what <gasps> <But> one <laughs> one thing i'm always telling myself when i start to stress about about <gasps> i haven't posted anything for you know and all the, the 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 plans tell you you have to stay up to date and you have to then i'm like let's face it reality nobody is gonna notice that i actually didn't post anything for two days and nobody's gonna care either (laughs) so yeah um the voice of reason tries to always yeah bring me back mm -hmm. um and so let's talk about that new project uh (laughs) do you want to talk a little bit were you talking about calm yeah yes okay so go for it what is calm all about was your Uh, what is your intention to get people off their phones? <laughs> um, no, the intention is to um, to connect people. Yes, to connect people in real life, uh, to build social and cultural bridges. Um, You've been working on that branding, no? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I've been working on my impact strategy because I need some investment for this project. So. You know, it's it's a constant learning process. But to start from the beginning, Calm is um, it's after having run Pilates and yoga retreats all over the world for ten years, um, I decided it was time for me to create a space where the people can come to me to my retreat hotel. Um, so this is what I'm in the process of creating. Um, we're already in the architecture is approved. I have the building plot. So it's really, um, it will be a, a boutique hotel that is dedicated to Pilates where people come to do Pilates. Um, and it's mixed in with a very strong mission of, of being a sustainable business. And the more I find myself the more i'm searching for my soul's true purpose like everybody else uh, these days but why not um i realize that more and more it is or less and less it is actually about the pilates the pilates is is the door in um this is where my clients are this is where i know i can get people to come to experience this 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 beautiful space um but what it's really about is is about a sustainable business and showing that somebody like me who might sound like I'm so confident and I have so much experience, um, I learn everything by doing. I just dive in. I have no business background. I've never built a hotel or run a hotel in my life. And yet I'm absolutely convinced that I can do it um, because I believe in it and because I think a project like that is a wonderful opportunity to um, not get people into Pilates and live a healthy lifestyle, Mm. but to expose people that think they're going for a Pilates holiday and have a healthy, um, active holiday 
and expose them with some different thoughts of um, what is a food forest? How do you, what is centropic farming? How are we regenerating the land at the bottom of, uh, of, of our building plot is, is actually the nature park of Arabida. So we've been working a lot on actually planting lots of indigenous plants and we want to regrow the forest. So there's this sideline reforestation, um, soil health being good to nature um idea that is slowly almost taking over because that's the real issue here mm -hmm. that's actually uh, i almost feel like uh, i was always so tolerant for everybody being thinking like you do what your way is no matter what that is uh, there's but now i feel like actually there, everybody needs to work together and just work on one thing is and try to make the world a better world, not just on uh, an emotional level or human level, but of course on an environmental level. And I think we're at a really good time there. I think people are ready to move forward with a positive and with hope. Hmm. A few years back, 10 years back, when my kids were born, we were in this period of Oh, I'm really going to teach my kids not to use plastic straws. And then I think of the, the mountains of plastic polluting the rivers in India. It's a lost cause. We're all, you know, you can't save the world anymore. It's too late. Mm. Why should I even try? Why should I recycle if, you know, a billion Chinese and so on? And, and, and I, I hope that we've gone past that. I feel strongly that I have gone past that. Mm. And now we're in this time where actually there starts to be some uh, excitement also on the on on the um, economical side. Mm. It's starting to be and become a wanted more mainstream thing to do sustainable to do sustainability, whether it's a buzzword or not. It doesn't matter if it's a buzzword as long as you do something and to show we don't need to be an NGO or a charity to do this. It's you can actually say, no, I want to make uh, money. I want to create a business. Um, I want to run a hotel for Pilates. But through that, I want to change mindsets in the long run. So we're actually just um, uh, the, the the friends I'm I'm here with today, we were having big brainstorming sessions of how to uh, connect even more dots around this and um, connect more people, reach more people, cross these bridges because um, it's very easy to stay in your bubble. Mm. You know, it's very easy to stay in your Pilates health and wellness bubble. Uh, and to feed uh, your clients or your followers. Um, it's very easy to stay in the permaculture, regenerative farming, eco, grow your own food bubble. And everybody's going to say, great, so inspirational. I want to do it too. But what about the people that haven't quite gotten there yet, that are still a bit unaware of not quite sure whether they really want to buy into this whole big idea of do I really need to be sustainable? Yes. Yeah. And those are the people I want to reach through a project like Calm. So we're now also um, planning a little bit further and thinking there might be some offsprings of, of Calm. So we have Calm, the Center for the Art of Life in Movement. Um, and then we'll have Kinta Calm, which okay. is for the art of life in nature, um, which is more on the long on the side of, um, of, of grid luxury. So where we really show how you can live off grid and self-sustainable, but through a high end, um, but more in nature, really beautiful, mm -hmm. um, also hotel and guest experience, but there it's more interactive. People can participate, people can, grab their own vegetables from the garden, they can cook themselves. So then it becomes more into the, the reality of, of, ooh, maybe I could do this myself too. And then the third um, tier down or the, the third connector is, is, is Campo Calm, which is uh, more an education center or um, 
not an NGO, maybe an association where we there try to really reach more the local people and the people that have, let's say, a big plot of land in Portugal that is just, you know, it's not used anymore because they're not farming anymore, inherited it from the grandfather, can't really sell it because it's in the family, but don't really want to do anything with it. And there we want to come in and offer people to regenerate their land and train and work with volunteers or paying volunteers to actually do. So it's, it's really, it's this puzzle of trying to, how can we, with one thing, um, have this satellite effect mm-hmm. that connects everything back and, and hopefully, you know, in the end creates a, well, my, my, my hope is always that people are just gonna be better people because that's what we need. We need to have our mindset right. Mm-hmm. I was you were I was losing you for a second, but yes, I couldn't agree more. Um, it's music to my ears what you're saying, to be honest. And going back to the you know you were asking why do you think there's also this you know pressure among younger generations to do something? I think this is one of the the the, the reasons also because. For us, you know, we were born with this awareness that we need to do something for the environment, otherwise we'll not be here for much longer, right? So I do think that adds a little bit to to that pressure. Um, And also, you know, you were touching on some things. There's, I don't know if I told you this, if I mentioned you this book the other time, but the name of the book is Active Hope. And it really resonates with what you're saying. I, I, I absolutely love that book. And it really helped me just gave some names to things that I felt and I didn't know how to put into language. And it basically distinguishes three um, attitudes one can have in regards to everything happening with the current state of the environment. And so they define it as business as usual ignoring what is happening, the first um, mindset that you were mentioning 10 years ago, what's the point? No, that's not the point. Just pretending nothing is happening, that there's no point is the second one, which is, um, they call it the great unraveling, which means that you're just, you know, why should I do something? It's a lost cause, everything, uh, everything is lost, no hope. And then the second approach, they call it the great turning or active hope. Right. And this this idea that, you know, the only way that we are actually going to make this come about is by actively hoping that that it it is possible and uniting forces. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I found most beautiful and perhaps this is the the point that I, I wanted to highlight is that the good thing of this third one is that it also brings you back to life. Once you decide to see with new eyes everything that is happening, once you allow yourself to feel even those uncomfortable feelings about what we did as a collective, you know, you can also use that as fuel to actually transform something and and create initiatives and, and beautiful places like home, right? But this idea that, you know, this ultimately is also for your personal health and well-being and happiness, right? Because you're not living in ignorance anymore. And, and to that point of the people who are not so aware, you know, I, I still remember when I wasn't so aware myself and, 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 and I had no consciousness of that. Right. Uh, and now I see the benefits of just feeling so much more connected to my reality and feeling an incredible sense of purpose. Right. Uh, and added to that, you know, making it trendy would be the perfect combination of the new luxury, the new innovation is, is, is being sustainable um and supporting the environment and and i also think that this paradigm shift is this attitude to um, we can do good but we can still do uh, follow our passions or make money or whatever mm-hmm. we want to do i think it opens a lot of opportunities and possibilities to all you have to do again is to not um let the weight of it all uh, you know crash down on you and be like oh my god but I want to, I don't know, need to make, I want to be a 
sound recording technician. Uh, um, can I even do that? Because I'm not going to save the world. I need to find a calling that is going to save the world. And I, you know, with me, this only started when I was 40. Um, I can only imagine if I would have had that pressure on me when I was 20, I probably would have been not, I would not have done everything I've done because I did it selfishly uh, just because I had fun. Um, but it's rather, it's not about, oh, you have to be become an environmentalist or be in a sustainable, uh, you can only do fashion if it's sustainable. Um, no, you have to just be a little bit smart and intelligent about it and think, okay, how can I use that, what I want to do in that form and shape that I want to do it and still connect to that general paradigm that of, of being environmentally or socially conscious mm -hmm. and help to move that movement forward. So, uh, you know, it's, it's like uh, lawyers doing pro bono work for things they feel for, or it's us at CALM thinking, well, despite all our green dreams and uh, sustainable uh, you know, mission, uh, we will have to use concrete to build that building. Exactly. Well, I cannot let myself get crushed by that and be like, okay, the only way to do this then is to, um, you know, find a flatland and build a straw bale house or a teepee yurt or a glamping pot. Um, then I'm not going to attract the people that I want to attract that have the money to build that whole thing up to make that whole thing big enough to really have a meaning. And then again, I stay in my bubble. So we have to allow ourselves to, to weigh things and to, to, to find balance. And it doesn't need to be perfect. Um, and I think that there's a way in, in any interest, in any passion, unless you maybe work in the oil industry, there might be more difficult, but... <laughs> Let's take creative 20-year-old students. Um, you don't have to do something that directly in that. Yes. You just have to find the way how it connects to that. And that you can do actively, whether it's uh, just by supporting projects or supporting other people who do very direct work. Um, or, or by finding new ways of saying, okay, I'm a sound engineer, uh, you know, I use electricity for my, um, can I find like a, you know, a company that produces my audio equipment that is actually sustainable? Does that exist? What does that mean? Hmm. And then you start researching and you just immerse yourself in an, in an idea um, mm -hmm. and try to take as much as you can into what you actually love but you don't have to change your you know not everybody needs to be a hero or an angel or yes change maker mm -hmm. exactly i really about this conversation with with some friends we we like you know just this idea what you're saying this idea that it's not about changing the entire world is about having an, a positive impact on the world at your reach, right? In whatever field you operate in, but just bring a little bit of consciousness, you know, and if everyone does a little bit of, of that, we'll be in a much better place. Yes, it's much more about mindset and long term, even though we might have the feeling that we don't have time for the long term, but uh, we will still, you know, generation to generation exist and eventually cease and the other generations are going to continue to exist so even let's take that sound engineer that didn't manage to somehow really find a sustainable angle for his passion but actually becomes... my brother is a sound engineer so if he's listening to that now he knows that he has an assignment <laughs> but he understands the concept and he when he has children one day he is going to teach that mindset of consciousness to his children. And that's the seed that is going to grow into the next generation and the next, not the actual work that he did as a sound engineer. That's nice. That makes him feel good in his lifetime. And maybe, yeah, he reached a few more people, but I think the, the, the real, the real gold is in our children. You know, that's what we have to, to nurture and to keep preciously and to, mm -hmm. to really make sure that they get it, um, that they feel it, that it becomes 
normal for them to think that way, that it's normal to be empath empathetic, that it's normal to connect to people of different cultures and to know that they might have a different opinion on things based on their culture mm -hmm. or based on their education. This, these are all these soft skills um, that, that we really need to nurture um, in, in, in the workspaces, in the universities, in the schools um, and at home. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And our last question, I say our, I don't know why, my last question. Um, how do you make sure you're not sleepwalking through your waking state? And in other words, how do you make sure you're living your most conscious and reflected life, examined life? By constantly reflecting. <laughs> <laughs> I try to um, again. That comes back to the to the um, beginning mm. to know yourself and to once in a while sit down with yourself and analyze. Do I really? Do I just think I know myself, or do I really know myself? And over the years, over eventually, you will understand what of all these versions of you is the one that is actually you. Um, and, and that's the one that keeps you honest and, and truthful, because that's the only one also you should be working on. Um, if you do want to change something about your, yourself, you need to work on your, on your true self, not on that. The image part of self, that's uh, not the personal branded self. It's going to change by itself. Exactly. The personal brand is going to be rebranded in a couple of years because we believe in something else. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, to be to take it's it's really about taking time to to reflect. Not all the time. You don't need to constantly. You, know, <laughs> you can still have fun every day. You can do that and still not understand who you are. But um, consciously make an effort. Put it in your diary. Make a plan. Put a sticky note on and say this week. Do at least one walk by yourself for half an hour without phone, without distraction. And just see what happens when you're with yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that's important. Thank you, Marhel. What a pleasure to chat with you. Well, thank you so much. There were really interesting questions and uh, thanks for having me. Uh, just before we close, do you want to share where people can find more about Calm and yourself? Yes, sure. So calmportugal.com. Okay. Um, I will leave all the links in the description of this episode. Great. And I'll send you uh, some of the Instagram links as well. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thank you.